0: Good morning, my name is Jake Pence, I'm one of the pastors here, and man, what a strange and and unique time that we're in, and in light of the recent containment objective with the coronavirus, uh, I'm hoping you guys are biding your time well. Any information that we can update you with is going to be put on uh, The Realm or any of our social media stuff within Windsor Community Church, so if you could, try to be checking those things as we process our next steps with uh, things like the Sunday gathering and, and so forth. And uh, honestly, in an effort to continue our current series called "Sent," we are here on video um, and we're going to do this. So Christ's body is, is united uh, from near and far. So to have a few weeks where we're not united in person, we can praise God that by his spirit we are together. So as we get started and as you guys are, are getting comfortable, uh, we're going to dive into the word. Uh, but let's pray first. Uh, Lord, we just uh, lift your name on high as our sovereign and merciful God. We, we know you work in mysterious ways. We know that you've not given us uh, a spirit of timidity and fear, but a spirit of power, uh, of love, of self-discipline. So, uh, Lord, just guide us as we interact with our world um, and with our neighbors and give us ears to hear you this morning as we look at the impact of, of missions Uh, both global uh, and locally. So we praise you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So the mission of the church, the mission of the church, as Dan mentioned two weeks ago, is one that is sacrificial, it's intentional, and it's relational. And that's all through a gospel lens and a gospel proclamation, Uh, Our mission here at WCC, as we hear every week from up here on the stand from the MC, is that uh, we exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have a a passion behind that. And that passion is for you to genuinely know who Jesus is. And then to grow in that knowing, to to persevere in the faith, and then ultimately to go and tell others uh, about him. And as we look back on last Sunday, we saw just the, the beauty of people in this church and, and really how dearly we love them. But we also know the state of the world that is perishing without Christ. I, I heard a, a quote from a pastor, he's in the, the SBC, and it, it really hit me hard a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh, church plants. And, and here's a quote, it was like this. It said um, along the lines of, are we more excited about Kingdom expansion, or are we more anxious about losing our friends and our pastors? And like this question, just really hits the crux of the matter. And to see uh, God call these these brothers and sisters from WCC to plant churches, it just it gets me really excited. Uh, But no doubt, it's going to be really tough to see them sent out. But through God's provision and and his leading hand, we celebrate it. Uh, The the blessing is that the author and the leader of this is God's providential hand. And it's not necessarily the efforts of WCC. And and don't get me wrong, we're sending people out to Greeley and and to Sheridan, Wyoming, and uh, potentially the, the Middle East. But as we are going to dive deeper today, we're also following God's direction and sending people here, out into our neighborhoods and our workplaces and our schools to live missionally. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty careful here, and I, I really want you to hear just the heart of this matter. Uh, going, being sent, going out—that's a really high calling. It is. Uh, but as Christians, and as proclaimers of the good news, staying here and building roots is just as high of a calling. So please don't feel the pressure uh, to like a performance um, in the church of going or staying, but only be faithful to what God has called you to, whether that is here or there. You know, Dan recalled uh, a couple weeks ago with his analogy of, of fly fishing, the kind of the design of the local church where that design is, uh, is to bring uh, people in, um, that's by being missional, you bring them in and then send them out so that they can continually bring people in, that cycle, um, we're caught so to speak and we're discipled and matured so that we can be released out into the world. As Paul says in Ephesians 4, uh, because this, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So today, we're going to look at what it means to stay and to continue in maturing and to be sent by by really staying local uh, in my own journey. My wife and I, she's we've been to a lot of places. We've experienced a lot of churches because of moving for my job uh, when I played hockey. And when we found WCC, we were, we were really intrigued to find a church that was about planting. Uh, we heard the story about WCC being a plant from Mountain View, and we got to know a ton of people there. Um, we understood the DNA of the church, we liked the mission, and we knew that, planting a church is an honorable thing. But at that time, what we lacked and what we yearned for desperately was just a place where we could dig roots and grow and mature with a body. So I played pro hockey and and we were used to moving um, for seven months here and then for six months here and then just as we started to make relationships in these places, uh, we'd have to say goodbye. Uh, it, was, it was tough. That was the toughest part about that. We built community in every place that we went, uh, but the ability to stay in relationship with those people, it, it was virtually impossible from moving all over the country all the time. And when I retired from hockey, uh, both my wife and I wanted to make it a point to find a place where we could just build a strong uh, foundation and community, and, and that's what we did. Uh, there's a beautiful thing about staying put, and we're eternally grateful. For now, we have friendships, so we're going on almost a decade here in Colorado, and we do life together. Uh, When we first got to Windsor Community Church, I'll be honest, there was not a lot of people in our demographic. We were were in our, our late 20s. We had young kids, and And honestly, there was uh, one or two other young couples within that part of life. And, man, I mean, if you look out at the pews today, uh, that has changed a ton in this church. Uh, But back then, we only had one service. It was small. Uh, Community and friendships wasn't something that we just dropped into at WCC. And, you know, that was okay because the things that were important to us, we were local, we could, we could build community. Here, the word of God was preached faithfully every week. So we jumped into a community group, and eventually we grew and matured, and, and we became incredibly close to each other, uh, and we did life for, for years together. And our, our group eventually grew to the point where we couldn't fit any newcomers in. Um, and the, the Lord put it on us that we needed to multiply. Uh, we didn't want to. (laughs) Like, to be honest, we we didn't want to. But how could you deprive others, was our thinking, that opportunity to be invited in? Uh, We feel like that would be against the gospel. So just like we heard the last couple Sundays here, multiplication and and sending out is tough. It it is. Uh, When we look at church planting, we could say a microcosm of that is uh, a community group multiplication. We grow to love the people we do life with, and to change that status is hard. But it's good. I don't think anyone's going um, to say, you know, have a nice life, Jason Shelton, and the people that are going with him to Greeley. You know, no one's going to say, man, let's, uh, let's cut the cord on these guys and, and, and get them out. Like, no, that, well, we're going to gonna keep in touch because we're family. We're in the body of Christ together. And that's what happens when community groups multiply. You still have those friends, but now we're able to welcome newcomers so that uh, so, so many others into the community groups have that now as a result of multiplication. So it, just as we look out into the world, uh, like you've heard it, the stats are devastating. Almost eight or nine out of, uh, out of 10 people that we supposedly come in contact with outside of the church are, are people that have no church home at best or are perishing without the gospel. And these are, are hurting people. They're struggling in life. They're struggling in, in marriages and parenting and, and honestly just finding meaning and purpose. Uh, you name it. Uh, and they have no hope or help. And we can bring... We, WCC, the the body of Christ can bring hope and healing to the lives of people that need it. That's why we send. That's why we go. It's to make disciples. And that's not just globally. It's it's locally. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. John 17, verses 18 through 20, Jesus says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. John 20, verse 21, Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So today, we're going to take a a close look at both Romans 10 and also Ephesians 4. And these are going to hopefully help us navigate uh, and help us see what it looks like to do just that, to to go and and to send and to stay. So Romans 10, uh, we'll we'll jump into that. It's going to take us right to the heart of the matter. It brings us back... Uh, to a time that in some ways is very similar to today, in a place and time where there was really a lot of anxiety. Uh, There was a very mobile, very open Roman Empire brimming with economic activity. And in Romans 10, we're going to start in verses 11 through 17, it goes like this. It says, For Scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not ob- obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Amen? <clears throat> the, the Christians in Rome, they lived in an utterly pagan world. Uh, but the message of the Messiah was just able to engulf it. Uh, And not only Rome, the spreading of the gospel showcases the single greatest cultural transformation the world has ever seen. And in the first century, there are these Roman elites who are getting sick of the people that adhered to this messianic movement, uh, the Christ-believing people. In the early church, much like the church today, really had two distinct measures to it that kept them moving and growing. One was to be uh, mission-focused. And the other was the exclusiveness or, or their, their growth and their, um, their fidelity to the faith. And Romans 10 explains the mission focus that struck through the Roman world at the time. It says... That everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there's no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. That, that term Greek is just synonymous with um, anyone who is not a Jew. Later in verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That pagan, Roman, Greek world operated different than the Christians. In fact, in a lot of ways, they were the exact opposite of Christianity. Regardless of how unique their their paganism was, uh, some differences that we can see, just black and white things, they worshiped many gods instead of one. Uh, They were more concerned with with ritual acts that they did rather than on doctrine and ethics. Uh, They focused on this life instead of the afterlife. They were they were local or, or, or self-focused instead of seeing things in a global lens. And they operated on a basis of, of customs and traditions instead of the word of God, of, of the scriptures, of the book. So engaging the culture was not easy for the Christians, but it definitely was worth it. The missionary commitment of these early Christians was relatively unheard of in other religious systems. The reason isn't uh, that difficult to find. Other religions didn't think people were lost if they didn't commit to their particular deity. Indeed, uh, pagan religions didn't see themselves in competition with other religions. If people chose to worship a particular god, nothing prevented them from also worshiping another god. So pagans lacked that motive to try to convert someone to their own religion. And Christianity, on the other hand, that affirmed that Jesus was the only one true God, and without them, they face eternal punishment. Thus, Christians were motivated out of love for their fellow man and to reach out to the world around them. And when people converted, they were discipled, they would uh, grow and mature, and they'd throw off the old traditions and pursue full and exclusive devotion to Christ. This is the grounds of what we're talking about in this sermon series. Last week we saw the Schuetz and we saw the Sheltons and the Morgans come up. Uh, They came up here and they talked about how God is is moving in their hearts for a people both to grow and mature them in Christ and proclaiming him where he's not known. Again, the stats, they're they're staggering. As Dan, uh, a couple weeks ago, he said, we have, what, um, 650,000 people just up here in northern Colorado, Weld and and Larimer County. And only about 15% of them go to an evangelical church. That means that 85% of the 650,000 people are not sitting under the word and are not in the body of Christ. The importance of planting churches, even in places that are not outright persecuting churches, is a part of that call that Romans 10 moves us towards. Uh, Continuing at Romans 10, verse 14 and 15 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now, church family, the message of the good news of Christ is not something that God just like drops down from the sky and hits people over the head with. He uses us as vehicles to proclaim his gospel, that he lived a perfect life, one that we could never live, that he died a sacrificial death on our behalf, taking the wrath that we deserve for our sin, and and he defeated death, and he rose victoriously, in which we get to join in through our faith in his work. So we praise God for all he is doing in these families calling them to go, to be sent, and to preach the word and help people grow in their faith in Christ. But what does that mean for us? This is the essential question. Now hear me closely. We are not to hear this and then just go and do Ask the question this way, with, with open hands and hearts. Ask, God, where are you leading me? Or what are you asking me to do? And I, I don't want you to hear a message like this and either hear guilt on what you should do or, or maybe because of your own guilt, you simply just go and do. So please know That WCC is not, uh, it's only challenging you on what your role is. We're not telling you what your role is. Because God, through his spirit and word, directs that. And a a good help on this are those cards that we handed out last week. If those cards pose those questions, and hopefully you uh, went through them with your family or your community your community group, and I'm going to read them out loud here. Question one was this. It said, uh, where can you go to have the most influence with non-Christians, here or there? Question two, where will you best be able to live and grow in community with other Christians, here or there? Question three, where are you needed the most with your serving, your giving, and encouraging? here or there? Question four. As you listen to God's Spirit, do you have a clear sense of His leading in these answers? Question five. What are the ways that convenience or personal preference might be getting in the way of truly honest answers? And I'm... I'm guessing that the majority of of you watching uh, most likely will answer by saying that they they answer that by staying here. As I mentioned earlier, WCC exists to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we are not moving on from that. We're not changing what we do here. We want to continue planting churches. And continue to be dedicated and committed to the local body as well. In Ephesians 4, we're going to go through uh, verses 11 through 16, Um, it's a beautiful representation of the local church and its purpose. In Paul's exhortation to the church on having unity in the faith, he reminds them that Christ is in all, he's everything in this. Let's read it uh, if you want together here. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says, "...and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine." by human cunningness, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. There's a lot of things going on here. One, we need to look at the context of this verse. The beginning talks about the gifts of the apostles and the prophets. And if we can, we can go back now in the second chapter of Ephesians, not in the fourth in the second chapter, we see the same thing with this laying of the foundation of the church. Um, I'm going to read this out. Ephesians 2:19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Awesome stuff. The church's foundation is built already. We saw that uh, with the apostles and the prophets. We no longer have apostles and prophets. But in chapter 4, verse 11, we see that by the foundation that they laid, we are now given the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers. They have a duty, just as the pastors at WCC have a duty, and the body has a duty. They are given as a gift to equip the saints for ministry, for the building up of the body, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So, when we when we look at sending out a pastor or a leader or a member of the church, we have to look in the mirror. We have to look in the mirror and make sure uh, that one, we are... N- we're not more particular or passionate about a pastor than we are about the ministry. As we see in Paul's encouragement to Timothy, who is actually an elder at Ephesus, uh, ordinary pastors are called and sent through a process of discernment in the church. The pastor comes and goes. But the ministry endures, and that's determined by the authority of Scripture, rather than the effectiveness or ingenuity of those who bear the office. So Jason and Chris and Pat are going, but three pastors are staying here, and more are being raised up as we speak, dedicated, to the local ministry of Windsor Community Church. As we see with Paul's interaction with Timothy, who was an elder, he was to preach the word and administer the sacraments, to the same people he guided personally, along with the other elders. Paul never never encouraged Timothy to um, contemplate his personal legacy. There were no instructions about a succession plan. After all, he would be succeeded by those who, like him, were trained, and they were tested, and they were ordained by the church's officers in the assembly, and most likely not uh, single-handedly picked out by Timothy. And it may uh, may come as a, a rebuke for us, especially as pastors, to hear that, We don't have a legacy, Um, but it is Christ's legacy. It's his legacy that he put into effect by his death, and he distributes from heaven by his word and his spirit. In fact, in Ephesians 4, the pastors and teachers are Christ's gift. It is the Father's inheritance, won by Christ on behalf of his co-heirs. We come and go. But the legacy keeps on being dispersed. That rebuke, it that, that actually turns into a comfort when we realize that it is Christ's church, that he is building it, and that we um, have the privilege simply of just passing out the gifts for a while. And as we l- look into the future, those things are not going to stop. In fact, there's an incredible amount of investing going on right here Moving forward, where the Lord leads, he provides. We fully expect the Lord to prove himself faithful by supplying the needs of the church. And as we, uh, as we send these families out, and including those who go with him, as attested by Paul, the gift of shepherds and teachers is implemented by God. And if we don't raise up and send out The new ones will not emerge. Paul continues on in in verse 13, and and he says that the church and its parts grow until we all attain the unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. As pastors, we want WCC to continue to be faithful to the gospel and to maturing the body in Christ. We are going to be faithful to continue preaching from the word. We're going to be faithful to continue singing gospel-centered songs, to provide loving and gospel-centered kids' ministries, to expand our student ministries and to continue to raise up leaders through things like PLI, uh, our Pastorals Leadership Institute, uh, to continue investing in women's ministry. And also, uh, we're going to more intentionally invest in men. And there's a a men's retreat coming up in April, and we're going to kick off from that an intentional men's ministry uh, right after that retreat. And I'm super excited about that. But as we live sacrificially and intentionally and relationally, we are going to send out more people in the future. And we are being sent out in our lives as we live on mission in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, everywhere. I think sometimes as Christians that attend a local church, we forget that we live in a world where people do not know Christ. We are his heralds. We might not be going to another state or another part of the world, but we have a responsibility to be faithful where God has us. In a body, as a functioning body part, as a person who calls WCC their home, church should not just be a checklist that you come to, you get a message, and you go on with your week. Paul addresses in verses uh, 15 and 16 of, of chapter four, he says, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Paul uses Metaphors based on the human body to indicate that interconnectedness of believers and the key role of us all in the functioning of the church. Just as ligaments tie that whole body together, we are so interdependent that we must receive nourishment from Jesus through other believers and then pass on that encouragement. And sound instruction to others. I get Paul is specifically addressing the church, but the church is not a vacuum of thought and activity. The New Testament begs people to go out and evangelize, to spread the good news, and to bring people into the church body to disciple and grow them. As a church, WCC, We set aside 20% of our budget for church planting and missions opportunities that we're connected to. And as a church, we're entrusted with the message of the gospel to go and tell others the good news of Christ. No matter where you live, it doesn't take long to see the messiness of life in the people within our community, any community. However, we can find that more people are are more than willing to talk about the challenges in their lives if we are willing to just ask and then listen. Showing genuine love and care and interest in people opens incredible doors to uh, proclaim Christ. and God's going to connect us to many broken people and families, and those who are lost, that's the world that we live in. And we believe that God will bring salvation and healing to many families. Even myself, a, a teacher at the high school level, um, I can't tell you how many times I can—I find a student and I just look at them in the eyes. I'm like, man, how you doing? And that's it. They, they, they just want to know you care and they open up. Can say, how you doing? That's it. Um, same with my coworkers, and, and honestly, all the people that I that I do life with, that I that I have spheres of influence. How you doing? How can I pray for you? And then actually pray right there on the spot, uh, man. God, uh, it's incredible to hear people um, pray right there. Like, no matter how silly the prayer sounds, it's just an incredible feeling. Um, God meets us where we are. We are. We are not professionals, we are humans, we are broken, we are needy, Uh, we're beggars of God's grace, and as we seek to faithfully hold out the hope of the gospel, we need to be reminded that God is the only one who can save. We are to plant, plant seeds, water seeds, but God is the one who causes growth. This keeps our heart in a posture of dependent prayer. But it's also motivating to know that our God is all about seeking and saving the lost. For that is why he sent his son. And Windsor Community Church is that local expression of God's church. We live in a community with each other as a body part. We praise God for what he is doing, whether it's here or there. We lift up the name of the Lord through our lives because he has given us life in him. And as we look to that future and and really what's going to happen over the next several months at at Windsor Community Church, we promise to keep you in the loop and up to date on on anything that is going on and that process for even backfilling Uh, those who are being sent out so if you have any questions about any of this uh, please ask one of the pastors if there's anything that is unclear reach out to us i know the sunday gathering is not ideal right now with um, all of this coronavirus stuff but we would love to grab a coffee with you at any time we praise the lord because of you let's pray uh, Lord, we just are are thankful for your goodness in Windsor Community Church and in the greater church body, the ability to send. Um, but also, Lord, we praise you that we are heralders of the gospel as we sit here. Um, and Lord, just help us to to be motivated by your grace, by by you and and you you being sent to um, live the perfect life and die the sacrificial death and, and to raise up into glory. And we get to join you in that. We just praise you for that and help that motivate us to go and tell others about the goodness of you and your saving grace. So uh, Lord, we're just thankful for this series of, of being sent and, and just what that looks like in uh, this active, participating uh, body called Windsor Community Church. So just guide us and give us wisdom on all things as we um, just humbly bow down before you. We love you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.